when I'm talking about hypocrisy, what does that word mean? And I was doing a little bit of research and here's, here's one of the things I learned is that hypocrite, the word hypocrite comes from a Greek word that literally means like actors in a mask actors wearing a mask. So you think about hypocrites and, and what a hypocrite is. It's somebody who's playing a part, but who they are presenting to the world is not necessarily who they are, right? So they're, they're putting on a show, they're, they're playing a role, uh, they're presenting one thing to the world, but really deep down, there's somebody else. And hypocrisy, it's a problem in the world, isn't it? I mean, when, I, when, you, when you hear the word hip, hypocrite, what do you think of? And maybe a better question is, who do you think of, right? And I'm not gonna name names this morning. I'm sure we've all, somebody just popped into your head right now, right? We can all think of somebody somewhere in power in politics or in, in athletes or movie stars or somebody in the news. And we could go, those hypocrites. And we have this phrase in our, in our, our culture. We say this all the time, practice what you what? Practice what you preach, right? If people would just practice what they preach, the world would be a better place. And we, we say this phrase, and most people in our culture are familiar with this phrase, whether you go to church or not. And this phrase we'll see in a little bit actually came from the lips of Jesus himself. And when you see hypocrisy in the world, it, it saddens us, doesn't it? it? It shocks us. It makes headlines in the news. It's, it, it, and it can be uh, deeply troubling when you see it, and when you see somebody exposed in, uh, you know, wherever it is. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, um, maybe for some of us, when you're thinking about hypocrisy, maybe it's a little bit closer to home, a little more personal. Maybe you think about somebody in your life who you trusted that person and it turned out they weren't the person that they, you thought they were. And it hurts when you find that out. Uh, for me, I remember when I was younger, it, it hurt so bad the first time that I had somebody who I thought was a really close buddy of mine, really good friend, like we were bros, like, you know, ride till we die, right? Like we, 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 were, we were all good. And then I found out, that this guy was talking a bunch of stuff about me behind my back and he wasn't the same person when I wasn't there as I thought he was, you know, when, when we were together. And that hurts, right? You ever been there? Somebody you thought was a friend, somebody you thought you could trust and it turned out they weren't the person you, that they, you thought they were. Hypocrisy is painful, it's dangerous and it, it hurts everybody around it, especially when, it, when it's exposed. And here's the, kind of the argument I wanna make this morning is that I think there is no greater hypocrisy than the hypocrisy of religious leaders. I think that's the worst form because you have these people who stand before other people in authority saying, I know the way, follow me to salvation. And then they lead people down the wrong path or when their hypocrisy is exposed, it disillusions all their followers and it leads to a lot of broken lives and a lot of heartbreak, a lot of people who maybe even turn away from the faith because they were trusting in a man or they were trusting in a woman rather than Jesus. And, and it hurts them and it crushes them and, and it causes so much damage, doesn't it? I mean, even just this week, there was a prominent pastor, a big name pastor who had to step down because some things came to light that was in their life that didn't align with what they were supposed to believe. And it seems like that happens all the time, doesn't it? Over and over. It's like another person makes a headline, another pastor or author or religious leader who their secret private life didn't align with the things that they supposedly believed. And it crushes people. It's painful. It should sadden us. And so today we're going to be talking about the hypocrisy of religious leaders. And it, it might be a little bit intense, but we're going to be talking about the biggest hypocrites in the entire Bible, which I think we might all agree is this people, the Pharisees. 
the Pharisees, some of the biggest hypocrites in the entire Bible. Now the Pharisees were this sect of Judaism that uh, they were very extremely devoted to following the law, very literal, very strict interpretation of the Old Testament Mosaic law. They were very devoted to it. And Jesus reserved some of his harshest words from them, for them. The name Pharisee actually, it even it comes from an Aramaic word that literally means to separate or divide. So literally they were separated. They were divided from all the other people because they were pursuing even stricter devotion to the law. They were going to be pursuing a path of even greater righteousness and holiness. And, and, and they were going to be set apart because of that. And now if you think about it, I think the Pharisees probably started from some pretty pure motives. Originally, it was we want to be more righteous. We want to be more holy. So rather than all these lawless you know, people over here who are breaking the commands, we're going to go the opposite direction. We're going to go over here where we're going to follow every single law and we'll be absolutely devoted to holiness and righteousness. But here's the problem. What they did is what often a lot of people do. They went all the way over here and then they just kept going right? They didn't stop like when they, when they were at the, where they should be. They just kept right on going. And they're like, we're not just going to follow these laws. We're going to follow these laws and these laws. And we're going to add all these other things over here as well. And so they blew right past what was good and they just kept on going and they became too strict and too, too serious and too pious and too devoted to things that weren't even necessarily in scripture. And they started to become hypocrites and it started to change their hearts and they became corrupted. And so Jesus being full of grace and mercy, right? You look at Jesus and he's, he's so full of grace and mercy and love and compassion for the sinners and for those who are broken and for the outcasts in society. He's having dinner with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and, and you know, all the people who are on the outskirts of society having grace and mercy for them. But then when you see how Jesus speaks about the Pharisees, you see a different side, don't you? You see this righteous anger and rightfully so, because here are these people who are these supposed religious leaders who are complete hypocrites and they're leading other people down the wrong path. And it makes Jesus furious as he should be. And so uh, today we're going to be looking at some of the harshest words that Jesus said. It's in Matthew chapter 23. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me there. We're going to put it up on the screens, but um, I always encourage people to bring a Bible with you. Or you've got Bibles in the pews here, or if you've got one at home with you, if you're watching online, because uh, then you can flip back and forth and make sure what I'm saying is actually what's in here. And so here we go. The word of God uh, today, read this with me. It's Matthew chapter 23. We'll, we'll start here in verse one through four. Here's what Jesus says. Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you. Now, real quick, what he's saying is these guys are sitting in Moses' seat. They're in a position of authority, of religious power, okay? And so in, in the fact that they have that office, he, he starts out respectful, right? They're sitting in that seat, give them respect, do what they tell you to do when they're speaking from the word, when they're speaking from scripture, do it when it's right and when it's true. But then here's, he gets into the problem. Here it is, right? Do whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. And there's the practice what you preach. That's where it comes from. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. So Jesus is saying, look, these people are sitting in this position of authority like Moses. And when they speak from scripture, right? When they're teaching from the Bible, do what, when the teaching's good, do what it says, but don't do what they're doing because they're being hypocrites, right? I mean, how many of us have learned the hard way, right? This isn't going to lead you astray. A man, a woman, someone, a person can lead you astray. 
but the word of God's not going to fail you. And anytime somebody stands before you and says anything that is different than just reading scripture to you or telling you what the Bible says, right? That's just all commentary and opinions. You got to check it by what the word says. You got to know the word so you know what's true. And these Pharisees, they were teaching some things that were good. So Jesus says, listen to that, but look at their lives. Don't do what they're doing because they are hypocrites. They're not even practicing what they themselves preach. And one of the things, he, the examples he gives is he's saying, look, they're tying up these heavy burdens that are hard to bear and they're just placing them on people's shoulders. They had all these extra rules, all these extra laws that they said you had to follow. The Pharisees actually, they had 600 some plus laws that they, that they added in addition to the, the scripture. So they're like, follow all of this. And also here's 600 something more laws you have to follow. And there are all these other things that they were just piling on, piling on, piling on to the point where it's just burdening down the people because there's so many rules. It's impossible for anybody to actually follow these things, right? And it was weighing people down and, they were at, and, and Jesus calls them out. He says, look, and you're not even willing to move it. You're not even willing to budge on these rules one bit. And, and you're probably not even doing them yourself. They're adding all these things. And here's the problem with hypocritical religious leaders. Often they lead down a path of what's called legalism, right? That's what the Pharisees were doing. And one of the best definitions I heard of, of legalism was this. Legalism is all law, no grace. All rules, all law, no forgiveness, no grace, no compassion, no mercy. You mess up, you're out. You have to follow every single rule right here. And that's pretty much where every major religion in the world goes, isn't it? Do all these things, try harder, do better, be more righteous, follow all the rules. And then maybe one day you can earn your righteousness and get to heaven or nirvana or whatever they call it, right? All religious hypocritical leaders end up going down that path eventually. Or, okay, there's, that's one side of the coin. And then there's the opposite heresy of legalism. It's over here to be antinomianism is what theologians call it. It just means lawlessness, so on the one side, you've got legalism, which is all law, no grace. And then the other, side of the, the other side of the coin, other people go the opposite direction. They go all grace, no law. Just you be you, right? Just live your truth, do whatever. God loves you no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you do. And, and some of that is true, but it, if you start throwing out all the rules and you start throwing out all of God's commands and you just start doing whatever you want, living whatever's right in your own eyes, you fall into the opposite side, right? And a lot of our world's going that way too. And so the Pharisees, they're falling into this legalism trap, all laws, no grace, add all these extra things and it becomes so hard to bear. And the Pharisees start becoming stricter in, than even God himself, adding more to what God commands people to do. And look what Jesus says. It reminds me of what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is saying in contrast to the Pharisees who are placing these heavy burdens, these heavy yokes on people. A yoke was like what you would saddle or you'd strap like an oxen to, right? You would put it on their shoulders. You'd, you'd bind them together to pull a plow or to a heavy cart or something like that. And he's saying the Pharisees, it's like they've got these heavy yokes that they're placing on the people. They have to pull this immense burden that is too big for them to bear. Jesus says, take that yoke off and put on mine. It's easy. It's light, right? He's not adding all these extra things on top of God's commands. In fact, he's, he's simplifying it making it easier for people to follow him. And, and notice one thing, he doesn't go to the antinomianism thing, okay? <laughs> he, he doesn't go to lawlessness. He says, look, there is still a yoke. There are still rules that you're gonna follow when you follow Jesus. We can't just throw out all the rules. We still gotta do what scripture tells us to do, right? 
But he's saying compared to all the legalism, compared to all the extra stuff that all the humans and all the other people and all these religious leaders keep piling on top of you and burdening you with, you can don't have to worry about that. Just follow what I'm commanding you and what God has told us to do in scripture. And when you do that, it's freeing, right? Jesus died on that cross to, for, to forgive us of our sins, to free us from the chains of our sins and also the chains of all these extra legalistic laws that people add on top of what scripture says. Now, if you think that Jesus is done with the Pharisees after those first few verses, you're, you're far mistaken. There's a lot more that he has to say. And he, he just keeps rolling. If you look at Matthew chapter 23 again, verse five, I'm gonna go through verse 12 here. Look what Jesus says here. They do all their deeds to what? To be seen by others for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And I'll explain a little bit what that means in just a second. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and call no man your father on earth for you have one father who's in heaven. And then in verse 10, he continues, he says, neither be called instructors for you have one instructor, the Christ, the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. You want like the best leadership principle ever. There it is right there, right? The best leaders, Jesus is saying, look, the best people, you want to do something great with your life, serve people, serve the people around you. It's not about you. It's about how many people you can help. You want to, you want to be exalted one day in heaven. God says, humble yourself, right? Be humble and God's going to exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, you're going to be brought low. But going back to what, what Jesus said earlier, He's talking about the Pharisees, how everything they do, what's the problem? They, they do it to be seen by others. Look at me, look how spiritual I am, right? It's not about the glory of God. It's all about the glory of me, right? That's what the Pharisees were doing. And so they had these phylacteries, okay? And when you're like, what is a phylactery? It's not really something we see much today. Phylacteries were these like boxes that Jewish people would wear on their heads and on their arm also. And inside of these boxes, there would be parchment that would have scripture written on it. And so they'd wear it on their heads and they'd wear it on their arm. And you can kind of see in the pictures what that kind of looks like. There's nothing wrong with that. It was a commandment in, in Deuteronomy that, to have scripture on your heads and on your arms. And they took it very literally. And so they they bound scripture to their, their heads and their arms. That's what they did. And then the fringes that it's talking about, they said they made their fringes long. Well, if you see in the picture kind of on the right there, you can kind of see those long strands coming off of the outer garment. They would have these, 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 string, these strings that would come off the outer garments of their clothes on the corners. And it was just a reminder of God's commands. It's just so every time you see that, they're supposed to be reminded of God's commandments. It's just a way to help them keep God, keep their focus on the Lord. And that again is in the book of Deuteronomy. So, so it was, it was nothing wrong with it, right? They, they, it was a good practice just to try to be focused on God more often, right? But here's the problem. Here's what happened, right? The Pharisees, as their egos and their self-righteousness grew, so did their boxes on their foreheads, <laughs> right? They got bigger and bigger and bigger and their fringes got longer. So everyone would look at them and go, wow, look at the size of the box on your head. You must be spiritual, Look at those fringes, right? You must be important. I mean, wow, they almost touched the ground. <laughs> How holy are you? So righteous. Wow. It, it was all about, look at me, look how impressive I am. It was a show, right? It's hypocritical. And we laugh about that because it, it doesn't really translate as well to us today. Most of us don't really, we can't really understand that as well. But let's be honest, like we do that all the time today, don't we? 
I mean, look at pastors and churches and all over, you know, different religions as well. I mean, there, there are pastors and there are priests and there are people, they wear these special ornate robes and these big, big hats. So you know how holy they are, right? Because they look different than everyone else or they wear a special collar or a special medallion or some sort of thing they carry with them. Whatever it is, I mean, you look at all different religions, you see people who they, they put on these certain things to show how holy I am in a different position. This is, look at how righteous I am. And, and we laugh about that, but even, even in, our, in our culture, we have this other problem where it's not necessarily all the traditions show, but we have all these other pastors here in the church and it's a big problem where it's all just about the Gucci, right? It's all just about the brand name of what's on their clothing. And, and they wear these really fancy, expensive name brand, like big designer clothing that costs more than like the average person their church makes in a paycheck, right? And these special shoes or whatever else. And it's all about, look at me. I am rich. I am a special person. I am different and I am great. You should listen to what I have to say. Look at the car I drive. Look at the clothes I wear, right? And it's a problem. Like nothing in, in all of those things is not necessarily bad, but the heart is the issue, right? If it's coming from a look at me, look how great I am, it's a problem. And we can do the same thing today, just the average Christian too. Look at all the bumper stickers on my car, you know? <laughs> look at, you know, look at the, the types of Christian shirts I wear, the jewelry I wear, or man, have you seen the size of my Bible? <laughs> like this thing, I'm spiritual, right? I'm, if you're a Bible thumper, I mean, this thing will do it, right? It's big. <laughs> and, and you go, man, you know, and, and again, there's nothing wrong with a big Bible or bumper stickers or Christian t-shirts, all good things in and of themselves. It's all totally fine. But the problem is the heart. If our motivation is I'm carrying the extra big Bible and maybe I've got a couple extra because I want to show how spiritual and knowledgeable I am. All right, check your heart on that one, right? <laughs> your heart needs to be in the right place. Otherwise, you're just putting on a show just like the Pharisees. So here's the point. The summary of what Jesus is getting at here is the Pharisees aren't practicing what they're preaching. They're being big hypocrites. A show, it's a show all about themselves, about their holiness, about how good they are when it should be all about God. They're missing the point. And so if you thought Jesus is done with the Pharisees, we're still just getting warmed up, okay? Jesus then in the next part of this, of this verse, uh, this chapter gets into seven woes for the Pharisees. Now, Jesus has more woes for the Pharisees than an early 2000 worship song. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, <laughs> uh, if, if you hear those songs, they just go off, right? <laughs> now, I know that's kind of a dumb joke, but that's not the kind of woes he's talking about, right? It's not the woes we hear on the radio. The woes that, that we're talking about here were, were what prophets would do back in the day when they would condemn something. And they'd say, woe is you, woe to you. God's going to bring his condemnation. God's about to judge that. Be warned. Turn now while you still can. Judgment's coming. Okay, so when prophets declared that coming from God, that was serious. When Jesus says it, the sinless son of God, God in flesh, when he declares woes, we're not, this, is, this isn't a laughing matter. This is serious. He is absolutely serious. And the woes he's about to declare, the condemnation he's about to, to, to declare on the Pharisees is severe. Some of the harshest things that Jesus has ever said. And if, just to get the point, because we don't have time to get into each one because we, we, uh, we'll be here all day. Uh, just look at this. Some of the things he says in the next few verses describing the Pharisees, what he calls them. I, I just made a list. Look at this. In, 
in the next few verses, like in verse 13, he calls them hypocrites. Eight and 15, hypocrites and children of hell. 16, blind guides. 17, fools. 19, blind men. 23, hypocrites. 24, blind guides. 25, hypocrites. 26, blind. 27, hypocrites and whitewashed tombs. 28, full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. 29, hypocrites. 33, serpents and brood of vipers. You get the point? <laughs> like Jesus isn't pulling any punches here, is he? Uh, he's pretty clear what he thinks about the Pharisees. They're hypocrites. They're blind. They're fools. They're snakes. Don't follow them. This is dangerous. Woe to you. Judgment's coming if you don't turn away from these things. And so uh, I want to just kind of dive into them. And I'm gonna, we're going to go over a little quick through it because we don't have time to get into all of them. If you have time, look over them later. But here's the first one. The, the first woe that Jesus does in, in Matthew chapter 23, 13, he says, woe to you, you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces for you neither enter yourself nor allow those who would go, enter to go in. So he's saying, look, the Pharisees, you're slamming the door of heaven shut on people. How are you doing that? Because they're rejecting Jesus, the king of the kingdom right? They're saying, don't follow Jesus, follow me instead, stay away from him. And so they're not entering through the door and they're shutting the door on other people, people who maybe would be willing to listen to Jesus. They're getting confused because the Pharisees are saying, stay away from that. Come follow me instead. They thought they were friends of God. They thought they were working for God and instead they were enemies of God. Here's woe number two. Jesus says this, woe to you. You travel across sea and land and to make a single proselyte or a convert, right? And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. That's severe. That's some hard language right there, right? You go far and wide to make a single convert. And then when that person starts following you, they become twice as child of hell as you are. And that's what happens with hypocritical religious leaders, isn't it? Either people are led astray by their teaching and often that what they end up doing is they end up following in somebody's false teaching and then they end up even expanding on it and becoming worse and, and going off in even worse directions. Or when that hypocritical person is exposed, they get disillusioned and heartbroken and they turn the other direction and go and, and, and leave from God because they're so heartbroken over the, what they, you know, the, this trusted person that they thought was good uh, and, and how much has wrecked their lives you're making people twice as child as hell as you if you're being a hypocritical religious leader. Pretty intense. Well, number three, here's what Jesus says. He, he, this one just kind of summarized it up. He's basically condemning them for focusing on the wrong things. And just a couple of verses in verse 16 and 17, here's one example of what he says. He says, woe to you blind guides who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he's bound by his oath. You blind fools. He's saying, look, they're saying, look, swear by the gold in the temple. That's what you need to swear on. If you swear by the gold, that's what's going to bind you. And he's like, are you kidding me? What's more powerful, the gold that's put on the altar in the temple, the gift that you're giving to the Lord or the God who is the God of the temple? Where's the power? Is it in the gift or is it in God? They're missing the point. They're focusing on the wrong on the wrong things. Here's another one. Woe number four. Jesus says, you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. So the Pharisees, they were majoring on the minors, right? The, all the, the little things that weren't as important, that was, they made a really big deal about that. Uh, they, they, they would go so far as to even tithe from the, the leaves of the herb that they pluck from their herb garden in their yard, right? 
Like here's, you know, pluck in, I pluck 10 leaves from my, my mint uh, tr- plant. What is it? Tree? What is it? Mint bush, whatever it is. I'm not a gardener. <laughs> so don't take my example on gardening. But they, they would pluck, you know, a few leaves and they're, okay, here's one for God and here's the rest for me. Like they would go so far to be so meticulous to tithe off the littlest of things that they harvested. And yet they're forgetting the more important things like justice and mercy and faithfulness, right? God, Jesus is basically saying, look, I don't care how much you give if you're forgetting these more important things. If you're unjust, if you're merciless, if you're unfaithful, like take care of that. That's a big deal. And what he's saying about them straining gnats and swallowing a camel, he's saying, look, the Pharisees, what they would actually do is before, in order to not ever have anything unclean, because there's all these things that were clean and unclean, like what you could eat, what you couldn't eat, all these rules, right? And so in order to not ever eat even the smallest thing that was unclean, they would actually pour their drinks through a strainer before they would drink it. So they would get out even the smallest uh, creature that was unclean, like a gnat, the smallest unclean creature, according to their laws. So they would be straining their drink just so they wouldn't have to swallow a gnat. And they're saying, look, over here, you're straining the gnats, but over here, you swallowed a camel. The camel was the largest unclean animal around. So he's saying, look, you're, you're so focused on this little thing, but you ate a camel over here. Like, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. You're hypocrites. You gotta, you gotta focus on the big matters of what I'm teaching you too. And, and these Pharisees, they're getting so legalistic, right? They're focusing on the letter of the law and they're missing the big picture. They're missing the, the spirit of the law. They're missing the, the reason behind why the law was given, that they should have mercy on people and be just and faithful. And so here's, here's another one, woe five. Jesus says, you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate and the outside may, may also be clean. So imagine this, so you're all probably starting to get a little bit hungry right about now, right? It's, it's almost time for lunch or brunch or wherever it is you're going afterwards. And you're like, Brandon, wrap it up already. I mean, we still have a few woes to go. Uh, I get it. I get it. Um, but, but imagine I invited you all over to my house afterwards for brunch, right? And you're like, yes, that sounds delicious. And I've made this big old feast. And, and because you are such an honored and esteemed guest in my house, I get my great grandma's fine china down from the cabinets, right? And it's got this gold stuff all over it. It's beautiful. And I spent all week just polishing the outside of this thing so it would shine and be immaculate looking for you. But the inside hasn't been washed since like World War II, (laughs) right? And like there's stuff living in there since the Truman administration. And how many of you are excited to have brunch with me, right? Nobody. Because what's on the inside matters way more than what's on the outside. Even if the bowl has something as a smudge on the outside, like you want the inside to be clean because that's where the food's touching, right? And that's what Jesus is getting at with these Pharisees. They're polishing so much on the outside. They're so worried about their outward appearance, but the inside, their hearts are broken and dirty and filthy. And it's like, what are you doing? You're missing the point. You're serving dirty dishes. And again, in, in woe number six is very similar. Look what he says to them. He says, Jesus says to them, woe to you. You're like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly they appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones in all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And this is what we do all the time, isn't it? We show up to church, we put on our Sunday best, we put on our new Easter clothes, look how great we look, we're here at church, we're, you know, and we know all the things to say and we know all the actions that we should do when we're here and what we should say at church to look and appear, to blend in and to look righteous and holy in front of other people. But inside our hearts are filled with anger and bitterness and lust and greed and covetousness and whatever else you can add a whole bunch of things to it. If we're not worried about what's going on on the inside, what does the outside even matter? 
It's like that old saying, putting a lip, lipstick on a pig, right? No matter how you dress it up, it's still just a pig. <laughs> uh, you, can do, you, can, you can try to make it better, but that's just all it's going to be. And God's not impressed with the outside when our insides are so broken. We've got to give our hearts to Christ first so that he can change us from the inside out, not the outside in. Here's woe number seven. Here's the last one. Jesus uh, basically starts condemning the Pharisees for their self-righteousness because they were building these monuments to the prophets and saying, and building all these altars and things, not altars, all these monuments and memorials to the prophets who their ancestors murdered. And they're, and they're saying, look, if we, you know, if we were around back then, we wouldn't be as stupid as our old dumb ancestors. We know better. We are smarter now. We are far more educated and elevated than all those primitive people back then. And what did they do? Uh, their ancestors killed the prophets. And then Jesus shows up, right? The son of God stands before him. And what did they do to him? They crucified him, right? They do the same thing that their ancestors had done to the prophets. Look, look what Jesus says to him, Matthew uh, 23, verse 33 and 34. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape from being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. So he's saying, you think you're not going to be like all your ancestors, yet here I am, you're about to crucify me. This is personal for Jesus, right? He was about to be crucified by the Pharisees. And then his disciples, what happened to them? They got flogged, they got beaten, they got crucified, they got persecuted from town to town, Right? The Pharisees were continuing to repeat the same mistakes, but they didn't even see it in themselves. They were so self-righteous, so hypocritical. And so here's one of the big problems with hypocritical religious leaders. When a, a true believer has the courage to stand up and say, what you are doing is hypocritical. That is not what the Bible says we should be doing. This is not how the Bible says we should be living. When you have the courage to stand up to a hypocritical religious leader like that, often... What is the religious leader's response? They go on the attack. They go after you. They persecute you. They shun you. How dare you talk to me like this? And, and, and they kick you out like it, like it doesn't matter. You know, when we have the courage to stand up to hypocrisy in our religious leaders, it, it, persecutions might follow. It often does. And after all this, we look at everything that Jesus just said to these religious leaders. You got to wonder, you know, is, is it hard to wonder why they wanted to crucify him? I mean, you just look at the language and what he said to them. He called them to the mats. He took them to town, right? He said, look, these are all the things you were doing wrong. And he probably could have gone longer. And, but here's the point. You're like, what's the point of this whole sermon? Here, here's the point that I think we need to understand is just simply this. Practice what you preach. You got to practice what you preach. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we all just practiced what we preached? If we all just did what we said we were about? If we all just did what we said we believed? Wouldn't the world be a better place? But if you only act like a Christian when you show up at church and other Christians are around, you might want to check yourself, right? Check your heart. What's going on there? You know, um, at the beginning of this message, I asked the question, you know, who do you think about when you hear the word hypocrite? And I do wonder, it's really easy to look at all the other people around us and point out the hypocrisy in others. But, but I wonder how many of us looked at a mirror and said, I'm a hypocrite. It's, how many of you thought about yourself? Because let's be honest, we're not perfect. We say we believe certain things and we don't always act on them, right? There's all, all of us, we got a little bit of Pharisee in us, don't we? Each and every one of us, some, are, some may be a bigger Pharisee than others, but man, we all have the potential for, to be a Pharisee. We all have the potential to be hypocrites. We all say we believe certain things and we don't, our actions don't always align with what we say we believe. 
So here's just kind of a challenging question I want us just to ponder today. Where do your biblical beliefs, and I mean biblical beliefs, not beliefs we've added to scripture, but that are in scripture, where do your biblical beliefs not align with your actions? It's a tough challenge to think about, isn't it? Maybe you believe that God is in control of all things. He's sovereign. He's in control of all things and you should trust him in everything. Yet this moment something goes wrong in your life, you're like, ah, you freak out and you grab control and like tell God how you think everything should be doing, right? I'm speaking from experience here, right? You want to control everything. You're like, God's in control, but not this. Like it has to go this way. You know, we, we can be hypocrites, can't we? Maybe you believe that Jesus' burden is light and his yoke is easy, yet we add all these rules and all these things that we think that aren't even in scripture that we think everybody should be doing and we make everybody else around us feel guilty for not doing those same rules. We can be hypocritical. Um, You know, maybe we believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation, yet we're not telling anybody about it. But here's kind of the point, okay? I I heard an old preacher kind of tell a story once and and, uh, he said it like this. There was an old pastor who when he's talking to another guy and the guy found out he was a pastor, he goes, oh, I hate church. And the guy's like, why don't, why don't you like church? And he said, the church is filled with hypocrites. And without missing a beat, the pastor said, yes, sir. And there's always room for one more. <laughs> and I love that story because it's so true, isn't it? The church is filled with hypocrites because you're here and so am I, <laughs> right? And I'm preaching the sermon. <laughs> The church is full of hypocrites, but here's the difference between the hypocrites in the church and the hypocrites out of the church, okay? The true believers, the hypocrites in the church, we see our hypocrisy and when we see it, we are grieved by it, we repent of it and Jesus died on the cross for it and we are forgiven of it. And and thank God for Jesus who went to the cross. The reason Jesus had to go to the cross is that he could die for wretched hypocrites like you and like me that he could take the sins of us because none of us are perfect. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. But the difference is when we see the hypocrisy in our own lives, when we're confronted by it, rather than rejecting and saying, no, we're going to double down and keep going that way. We're grieved by it. We repent of it and we hand it over to Jesus and he forgives us of it. So here's the thing. Jesus came and thank God he died on that cross in our place for our sins so that he could save a wretched hypocrite like you and like me. It's easy to cast stones at other people but it's a lot harder for people to see the hypocrisy in our own lives. So my, my hope and my, my, my prayer for us today is that we would be challenged to think, where's the hypo- hypocrisy in my own life? Where's that little Pharisee in my life? And, and would we root that out and expose it to light, bring it before Jesus, confess our sins before him and repent of it so that he would forgive us for all of our sins and that we, by the grace of God, would be less hypocritical a year from now than we are today. <laughs>